Welcome everyone to the chat. I'm coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans and I am the host for the chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS and it can be live streamed from its website. The chat is also available on Google, Apple and Spotify podcasts. Today I'm chatting with Bev Roberson. Bev is a BSF children's leader. She was a naval wife for 20 years, and she's been married to Dell for 45 years. She likes having three children and 13 grandchildren. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping out, out of the boat. Today, I'm chatting with Bev Roberson. Bev is a BSF children's leader. She was a naval wife 20 years and married to Dell for 45 years. She has three children and 13 grandchildren. Welcome to the chat, Bev. Thank you for having me, Nida. It's a privilege. So good to have you here. I'm looking forward to the next few minutes. Let's start out with your family. Will you tell us about your family? I am the third born of seven children and married Dell when I was 18 years old. And as you said, we've been married 45 years. We have three grown adult married children of whom have given us 13 grandchildren that are our joy and pride, definitely. We raised the kids in the Navy and lived mostly on the West Coast, but that was, that was our life for 20 years. Sounds like you have a full life now. Yes, we do. With those 13, absolutely. Will you tell us about the work you've done and things you're involved in now? First of all, I see my grandchildren as my mission field. And so we moved from Washington State to Indiana so that we were within driving distance of all 13. And since we've moved here, I have gotten involved in BSF, Bible Study Fellowship, of which I had never attended before. It was a sweet lady at the church that we finally settled into who invited me there, invited me to their small group, and invited us out to lunch. On that very day, we knew we were home. We were home at the church. We were home in the community. Then from there, have gotten involved with Vacation Bible School, started out as assisting a leader into being the director each year for six years, I think, at our church. I teach Sunday school with our adult daughter. It's a joy, absolute joy, to serve alongside your kids. Sounds, again, very busy. Yes, it is. Will you tell us your testimony? When did you come to know Jesus and have a personal relationship with him? I love to tell the story that we first started going to church as children only because our neighbors picked us up. Couldn't even tell you which ones they were. They were just very kind. I grew up on a farm in Michigan, and they took us to church until we were able to talk our parents into taking us. So I came to know Christ as a child, was baptized as a teenager, and I'm sad to say I walked away for a few years. I got married without consulting the Lord as to who my husband should be, but he has blessed me mightily and Dell. And we had been married for about six years when In the Navy, they moved us to a different house on base there. My husband met the neighbor. He said, I'm going to go to the churchyard and work with him in the morning. He came home that day and said, we're going to church tomorrow. And we've been in church ever since. Our firstborn was probably about six years old at that time. So 
they were not raised in the church from day one, but we had been in church ever since. And then my faith grew. In those years that I walked away, I had forgotten. I had convinced myself as long as I lived a good moral life, I was good. And then I sat in that little country church and heard the pastor talk about who Christ is and the salvation. And it's like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. All that God had held me in his arms all those years came back. And he never let go of me. I just walked away from him. What is your relationship with Jesus like today? Jesus is, he's what keeps me going. He really does. As a Navy wife, it was difficult without the Savior and the Spirit's comfort and guidance. I could not live without the Spirit's guidance. I mean, it's the enabling to do what he's called me to do. Sometimes I think, you're crazy, Lord, I can't do that. And yet he equips me and enables me to do what I'm called to do. And so the Lord is my Savior, my friend, my comfort. He's everything. Sounds like he's as close as he can possibly be. Well, I'm pretty sure I sometimes walk (laughs) away from him, but he's always there when I remember to come back. Yes, yes. When we come to know him, he gives us a passion to work in a certain area in the church or certain ministries or Christian organizations. Has God given you a passion for anything? I took a little assessment many years ago, and in that process, I learned that I have a passion for God's people. That has never changed. But in the course of the years, And being involved in ministry, he's given me a passion for children, that they would come to a saving knowledge of him. I avoided preschoolers in teaching Sunday school for decades until BSF. And they said, well, we think the Lord's calling you here. And it's like, Mm -hmm. right? Crazy. I've avoided preschoolers, and now they are my joy to teach them the love of Christ and the truth of his word. And I teach three-year-olds on Sunday mornings. So... God's people and introducing people to God is my passion. A very worthy passion as followers of Christ. I I hope so. Where are two areas in your life where God is working on you to make you more like Jesus? (laughs) Uh, As I've gotten older, my daughter tells me that I've become a little abrupt, a little blunt. So I would say that he's working on me and my gentleness with people. I guess I've gotten a little bit nonsensical about things, and he's reminding me that it's okay to be gentle and think before you speak, so he's working on that. Another area is that he's working on me and my difficulty in other relationships, that I'm not responsible for changing other people. I'm only responsible for me, and so he's changed my heart in some difficult relationships, And it's all him, because the flesh in me can really battle that. The chat has a theme song called Stepping Out, and in that song it talks about the need for us to get out of the boat and step into faith and trust Jesus with something in some area of our life. Has he asked you to get out of the boat at any time? Yes. We recently had a situation where... Our financial future was contingent on this one thing. Someone asked, 
Dell and me to do something that only we could do for them. And I didn't want to. It affected our financial future. It affected our future plans. It affected everything. And I did not want to do that. I cried because I knew what was the right thing to do. There's that verse that was playing in the back of my head for him to, to know what is right and to not do it. To him, it is sin. And I didn't want to do it. I cried with a dear friend. I said, I don't want to do this. The whole world would understand if we don't do this. And God said, trust me, just say yes to these people and I'll take care of you. When I finally gave in, I called them and said yes to their request. This peace just flooded over me, knowing that I had obeyed the Lord is what I had done. He's required us to step out in that, and now we're probably better off than we would have been. God knew, and it was difficult, though, to obey. Don't you think, though, Bev, that when we are obedient, that God gives us peace? Oh, absolutely. I knew the peace was because I had surrendered. I had obeyed him. Like I said, I knew what was right. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do it. I absolutely, and I argued with the Lord. It was probably six to eight weeks of back and forth of what they're asking of us and what we were willing to do, and then finally just surrendered. Surrender. What a sweet and hard word (laughs) to, to come by. It's very hard. I'd like to get into your prayer life. Do you have a place that you go to each day for prayer? I do not. I am always prayerfully minded, I guess I would say. I've never had what one would call a prayer closet. Where do you pray then? Take us through morning to night, a day of Bev and her prayer life. (laughs) It's different every day. But I do try not to let my feet touch the floor before giving the Lord my day. And just, okay, Lord, you know what is ahead of me. You know what I've prepared for and what I wish I had prepared better for. Please redeem my time or give me the time. And so I give him my day. I give him whatever else. I really trust the Spirit to lay on my heart what needs to be brought before him because my memory is very bad. And then all day long, I am prayerfully minded. And if I'm stepping out the door, Lord, go before me. If I get a phone call or whatever it may be. It's not a prayer closet per se, but prayerfully minded. It sounds like you're kind of on attention that as you're going through your day and God is speaking or leading you in certain ways, you're attuned to that and you're ready to follow it most of the time. (laughs) But but I'm trying to be in tune. Yes. Yes. But as human beings, of course, We we don't always follow A to Z like we should, but our hearts are pointed that way. So it sounds like that's how it is with you, Bev. Yes. Are there any prayers that you pray specifically for yourself each day? No, I wouldn't say there are other than, Lord, guide me. Guide me. Help me to do your will today. And how important that is. Oh, yes, I can get in my own way if I'm not careful. If God could answer two prayers for you, what would those two prayers be? One, I think, would be for our son to 
come back to Christ. I was there when he prayed, but, you know, on, on this side of eternity, we don't really know. But he has lost his first love. Now, he's got a wonderful wife who loves the Lord, and they are raising our grandchildren to love and serve the Lord. But he is heavy on my heart for him to turn his heart back to Christ. The second that all of our grandchildren, as I've said, our grandchildren are my passion. I see them as a mission field, that they would all surrender their lives to Christ at a younger age. I understand them all to be saved, as far as one can tell. But that Christian life saves us, protects us from so many things. And if they can learn that at a younger age, then they have the opportunity to grow in their faith, to grow in their Christ-likeness, and to save themselves from poor choices. So I would, I pray for my grandchildren big time, and then for those things that he's got me involved in. Speaking of your grandchildren, just the fact that wanting them to know Christ, and when they don't, they grow up. You're talking like your your son there about you were there when he accepted Christ, but he has walked away from that. And I think that's the cry, the heart's cry of every parent who has had a child to walk away. How heartbreaking and how that makes you alert at all times to be praying for that child that somehow God will be able to work and bring them back into the fold, you think? Oh, absolutely. And, and we have a wonderful relationship with our adult children. I've loved every stage of life with them. And I can talk to him. I can share my heart with him. At one point, he was putting our grandson between his mother and himself, saying, you can stay home from church with me, and your mom can go on to church. And mom was just so upset. And I called him. And I said, son, I said, I will not let you get between my grandson and his saving knowledge of Christ. So don't do that again. <laughs> and he has the ears to hear. But that comes out of relationship with your kids, uh-huh. for sure. But that was an important thing to happen, that you caught that real quick. <laughs> I nipped it in the bud, and he has not gotten in between the kids and their opportunities to come to know, love, and serve the Lord. Yeah, Son, Listen to your mama is what <laughs> I'm does. hearing. He does. I Like I said, we have great relationships with our adult kids, and they, they have ears to hear, but they know I love them, mm-hmm. and they know mm-hmm. I want what's best for them and for their families. I'm enjoying our chat, Bev, but we've got to take a break. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping out, out of the boat. We're back with the chat, and I'm chatting with Bev Roberson, and we were just getting ready to go into our next thing I want to find out about, and that is, has God ever disappointed you? He did, probably still will be on in my human perspective, but when I was a young mom and he gave me a strong-willed child, I was very disappointed. I was a compliant child. Actually, I was too afraid of the consequences to get in trouble. And he gave us a strong-willed son. And I said, Lord, what did I do to deserve this? (laughs) He 
made it clear that we all sin. We just sin differently. In this case, your strong-willed child and his desire to defy or disobey is for me to grow you as a mom for you to realize that you're still a sinner, too. So you're just wanting compliant children, huh? And how has that worked out for you? (laughs) Well, that particular child, oftentimes parents say, oh, I hope you get one just like you. (laughs) He was so difficult. I never wished that on him, and yet he got one. (laughs) And he will say to me, Mom, I couldn't have possibly been that bad. It's like, yes, son, you were, but you're okay. You're still alive, and I love you. So (laughs) That's good. That's, That's good. Okay, let's talk about blessings. Besides your family, will you give us a couple of your greatest blessings that God has bestowed upon you? God has blessed me with dear friends. Being a Navy wife, we moved every few years. And in most cases, he gave me a a dear friend in that place. I have three what I call bosom friends, kindred-spirited friends, and all three of them are so much like my husband. I oftentimes will call one of them when my husband and I, I just can't figure him out. I don't know what he's saying. I don't agree with him. I'll call one of them and say, okay, explain this to me. And she understands them completely and even agrees with him. I respect that friendship covet that friendship because it makes me a better wife coming from another person to help me understand him. The other blessings I have are other than my family, and Uh that's really hard to separate that. We assume your family is a blessing, but I want to hear some more blessings is what I'm trying to, to get. Is that? Oh, yeah. I'm blessed. I'm blessed by serving the Lord. We studied John a couple summers ago and learned that joy is God's gift to us in serving. And I can remember where I was just, I was tired after work and I didn't want to go to do ministry after work. And it's like, Lord, I don't want to do this. And I go in begrudgingly and I come out blessed. I come out with joy. So I learned early on, you obey whether you feel like it or not, and then God is going to fill in that weakness in you. So my blessing is in serving. And that's probably why I don't have time to have a job, per se, because God has me serving. And I bless mightily through that process. And how God is faithful to give us opportunities to serve him. Yes. And then just as he blesses it. Our daughter asked me to help her with American Heritage Girls last year. And I've always been supportive with that. She said, but mom, I need you. And it was like, okay. So I stepped in to help her. And that's the highlight mm. now of two times a month, getting with these little five, six, seven, and eight-year-old girls, loving them in the name of Christ, pointing them to him, And again, it's the blessing of serving, and God gives us joy in that. You've mentioned your daughter a couple of times. Who is your daughter? Katrina Bandy is the daughter who lives here in town, and we do have another adult daughter who homeschools her five children, along with Katrina homeschooling her five children. Our adult children are a real joy in our lives. 
isn't it wonderful when our children become the age where they're not sassing us or <laughs> trying to interrupt our lives in some way, and they actually become our friends then? I love having a friendship with our kids. Katrina called me. I'm going to tell on her right now. She called me one year. She said, Mom, when do my kids stop needing me? My only answer to her was, well, how old are you? <laughs> Good answer. And she knew instantly what I was saying, but our adult kids need us in a different way now. I'm not responsible for their growing up. I'm just there alongside them as a friend and a mom can help them any way we can. A friend and a support. Yes. And Oh, yes. Katrina calls. I go running. We have a phrase that I learned when we first moved here that we're voluntold. I think Katrina shared this on the radio. To be voluntold is you just do whatever you're needed for. When Katrina was a child, she was voluntold all the time. I've been in ministry for decades. And so, Katrina, I need a Sunday school teacher in this class. And so I throw her in there. Or I throw Tiana, our other daughter, in there. And now I'm the voluntold one. Mom, I need you here. Mom, I need you there. And off I go. <laughs> you switched roles, yes. didn't you? Of the nine fruits of the Spirit, which one do you believe you would rate the highest in? Joy. Absolutely. Joy. The Lord, like I said, had taught me that joy is his gift to us when we serve him. I would definitely say that joy is my highest. It's obvious that that is one of yours, Bev. You just seem to be such a joyful person. What a blessing that is to many people, I'm sure. What about the lowest? Which would you rate yourself the lowest in? Not too many years ago, I would have been lowest in patience. At this stage of my life, I am lowest in gentleness, I would say. Katrina calls me out quite often. It's like, Mom, you, you can't say that like that. It's just kind of I become nonsensical, and so I speak before I think. And so gentleness is definitely something I've got to bring back into my life. I could use a little bit of that, too, <laughs> myself. You're not the only one. I think one. it's the age, actually. <laughs> Do you have a life first? Yes. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. And I adopted that verse when our children were small and we were moving every three years for the Navy. We had to trust the Lord for the right duty station. Sometimes we had a choice, but even in that choice, which one is right for my husband and his career and for our family? The right school for our kids or finding a, a home church. And so I've really trusted the Lord to guide me in all of these, even moving to Indiana. I never imagined leaving Washington State. But he paved the way. He went before us. And here we are, and I, I have no regrets in that. How important Bible verses are that God uses in our lives to encourage us and to guide us, as you're talking about, how God guided you throughout your life with Scripture. He's so faithful to do that, isn't he? He is very faithful, and he's taken us places that we wouldn't have gone on our own accord but he grew us through those experiences or those places where he took us. Can you give us a couple of biblical accounts that mean a lot to you or speak to you? 
I recently learned in our study of John in BSF, and this is an epiphany for me, though it, it seems strange that it's an epiphany, is that God sent his son to enable us to get to know him. I know he sent him as a savior. I know he sent him to die on the cross for our sin. But he sent him so that we would know him. And through Christ, we know God. Jesus says, if you know me, you know the Father. That's an epiphany in just the last few weeks for me to realize that's why Jesus came. I've been amazed in studying the Old Testament, the the lengths that God would go to be with his people, to allow his people to be in his presence. But this is where he has gone in order for us to truly know him, to see an example before us of how to live, how to love, how to forgive, how to be compassionate, all of those things. It's in scripture, but it's a whole new meaning for me right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You were just mentioning about BSF and studying the book of John uh, this year. Isn't that a wonderful book? And taking it verse by verse and really looking at it and allowing God to use it in our lives to make us more like him. Isn't that amazing? One would think it's a familiar passage, but the Spirit is always at work in our lives. And he reveals things to us that we've read that before, but never understood it that way before. He continues to reveal himself to me, and John is a great book. Can you give us a couple of your favorite women in scriptures? I would say Esther. I could probably pick any one of them. But Esther was willing to sacrifice for such a time as this, is the way she puts it. And as moms and as a grandma, I see myself right where I need to be for such a time as this. We do make sacrifices for our kids and now for our grandkids. So I I identify with Esther in that regard and that I'm willing to do what is needed for God's glory and for those around me. Can you give one more? Esther's a great one. A lot of us women will choose Esther because she was a decision maker. She could either do it what God wanted, or she could not do anything at all and have her people, you know, slaughtered. I would say Ruth and Naomi mm-hmm. um, as a relationship are very precious to me. My mother-in-law is very precious. And what is your mother-in-law's? It's okay to cry. It's okay. (laughs) I hate being a crier. No, that's fine. That's fine. You just continue on. She um, has always treated me like a daughter. And I see um, Ruth accepting Naomi as a mom. Mm -hmm. And that's how I see my mother-in-law. I've never called her. I don't refer to her as mother-in-law. She's mom, Mm -hmm. and she's just been precious. She's been closer than my own mom had been when she was alive. And so that relationship is precious in in Ruth and Naomi and my mother-in-law and me. Oh, how God brings women together, mothers-in-law and daughters-in-law, and how how good God is to give us just what we need in those. We, at the time, may not think it's just what we need, but as God refines and as God works, he uses those. Yes, she is. She's precious. Just, I treasure that relationship with her. 
We've got to take another break, Bev. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat. For the Savior is near. I'm stepping out, out of the boat. I'm back with the chat, and I'm chatting with Bev Roberson, and we are now getting into the subject of mentoring. Have you had any mentors in your life? I've never had officially a mentor. I remember in my early years when we did start living for and serving and worshiping the Lord that I came under the leadership of pastor's wife. And she had a prayer circle. They were prayer warriors, she and another woman. And I joined them in that, and I learned to pray with them. By the time I built up the nerve to say what I was going to say, someone else had already said it, and they were just little popcorn prayers back and forth, back and forth. The comfort in me was knowing that I was at least in tune with the Spirit and what I was going to say, but I couldn't get a word in edgewise. In the younger years, that's where I would call it official mentoring, but along the way, it's been informal. Mm -hmm. But I've always found someone to look up to and to follow and to learn from. That's the thing about mentoring is that some people think it has to be formal. You're my mentor and I'm your mentee. That can happen. But so much of the time, it's just two women or a mother and a young woman uh, getting together and spending time learning biblical truths, learning God's Word, praying together, and just everyday life. Yes. How important that is. So it's mentoring whether we want to call it that or not. That's what God is telling us in His Word that He wants us women to do. He wants us to bring other women, younger women, older women, alongside us as we learn how to be more like Christ. This is where iron sharpens iron comes in to play. Absolutely. Have you mentored anyone? Not in a formal sense. Well, I should say it's semi-formal. I am a part of a mom-to-mom group at our church, and I am a mentor mom. So while it's not one-on-one, we do have an assigned group of women that we are given twice a year, a different group each time. And I'm there as a support. I'm there as words of wisdom, per se. I've been there, done that. This is how it worked for me, or this is how it didn't work for me. I do have that. But any opportunity that I have to mentor someone, again, it's informal, but I take the opportunity. If we've got teenagers in our Sunday school classroom, I'm mentoring them to be servants and leaders for the Lord. They probably don't know that, but we're challenging them to step out and do what's uncomfortable or do what you don't think you can, but trusting the Lord to do it through you, to enable you. And so I look for mentoring opportunities, usually in young people, to help them to grow in their Christ-likeness and in their servanthood. So you're on guard looking for women like that. I know myself, I'm mentoring a young woman now, super fantastic, solid as a walk woman in Christ, and such a joy 
that she has brought to me and they bring to us to just get to pour in someone else's lives. And, and you know, Bev, you'll find this true, too, is that they pour into our lives as much as we or more than we pour into their lives. Don't you think? I totally agree. We think we're the ones leading, but we are the ones receiving. Sometimes one thinks, oh, the other one's doing more, or I'm not really at it. No, that's not how it works. God is using each of you, the other's lives, so that to make us more like him, so that we can make an impact for the cause of Christ. To me, that's what mentoring is all about. So for us, such a joy to get to be involved in the lives of other women. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've all had struggles in life. In fact, some of us have had more than our share, we think. Okay, what about you? Will you tell us about one of your life's struggles? I struggled raising that strong-willed son of ours. I felt very alone for a long time, thinking I was going through this all by myself, or my husband and I were. And in some cases, I was, because he was gone. He was gone for six months at a time, Mm -hmm. or he'd be home for a month and gone for another month. So in many cases, I was alone in my parenting. But I learned late that you're not alone if you reach out, if you ask others to help you or pray for you or seek some insight or some wisdom. So I struggled with that. Again, like I said, I was a compliant child, so to have a strong-willed one who rebelled in his teenage years, it was very, very difficult. But God is faithful. Our son never doubted my love for him. He might have doubted whether or not I liked him, but he never doubted my love for him. But that was, that was a challenge in my life. Mm-hmm. During those times, as you look back, do you remember any scriptures that God brought to you during those times? I still go back to Psalm 32, 8, trusting God to instruct me and teach me. Teach me to be a mom. Teach me to love unconditionally. So I really did adopt that verse decades ago. There are many others that I can't think of specifically, but loving the unlovable or extending grace. Grace isn't deserved or earned. Scripture has just been critical in being a foundation in who I am and how I parent or how I mentor or how I grandparent. It's foundational for me. And without Scripture, you don't know the Holy Spirit. You don't know God. Mm. And so that's been just trusting the Lord to be my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's a very common passage, but it's true. It's very Mm -hmm. true. And everything we do is based on that for Christ. He wants us to trust him in all areas of our lives. And so it sounds like he has solidified that in you throughout your life. Absolutely. Has there been a song that you can think of or that God has used to strengthen you, encourage you to use in your life in ways that would help bring you through different situations. Has there been a song? 
I've had many songs over the years, and the woman that we lived next to when my husband said, we're going to church tomorrow, and we've been ever mm-hmm. since, she told me to find a Christian radio station and listen. Mm. And so Christian music has been in my home now for many, many years. And so over the years, there have been different songs. At one point, there was a song that reminded me to pray for my married children in their young married years, because, boy, they were struggling. The most recent song is a song called In Jesus' Name, and it's a prayer, but it's a coverage of prayer. It's the power of prayer. It's the power of Jesus and his name. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The power in his name. So when I hear this song, I immediately go into that prayerful mindedness that I talked about earlier, and it prompts me to pray, not only for myself, but for those people that the Spirit lays on my heart. And I love that song. Every time I hear it, I go right into mm. prayer, and I lift people up in, through the song, and it just keeps me being prayerful minded. Let's listen to the song Bev has chosen to encourage each of us in Jesus' name. I speak the name of Jesus over you In your hurt and in your sorrow I will ask my God to move I speak the name cause it's all that I can do In desperation For your healing, the circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. Jesus' name.
give you a couple of minutes. Talk to each of us. God laid anything on your heart that he wants us to hear today. I think it's important that as Christians, we rely on other Christians, that we don't try to do things on our own because we're not alone. We always knew we were home when with each new duty station, we found a church home. Even here in Columbus, Indiana, that sweet little woman who invited us to these three things all within three minutes of each of each other, I knew I was home. So find a church home, find a church family, and then don't hesitate to reach out and ask for prayer, ask for wisdom, ask for guidance. Let people in your life, I guess is what I'm saying, because otherwise you can feel very alone, and there's no reason to do it alone. God made us to be in fellowship with one another. He made us to be in community with one another. So I encourage women to don't try to do it alone. It's not necessary. God doesn't want that for you. He has people that can meet that need. He never fails. He brings people in our lives right when we need them, and then he keeps on working. So important. We are. We do need each other. And unless we are willing to be vulnerable and let people into our lives, we live a hard, lonely life. And I know in chat listeners today, some of you are closing people off. You're putting your hand up, not any farther, not any farther, when that's one of the worst things you could do for yourself is to allow God to bring people into your lives and then use them to strengthen you, to encourage you, to help you in your walk of faith. How important that is. Don't you think, Bev? We were not meant to live this life alone. Jesus came, was in fellowship with his disciples and his apostles, he taught us that. He modeled that for us. We were not meant to walk alone. God has blessed me in every place we've lived with having a church family and having that that help when I remembered or was humble enough to ask for it. Yes, you're right. Having a church family, I'm going to put this in here, is that when we went through the flood in 08 and we lost our home, the number of people who came to our home to help us, the neighborhood took note that we were connected, but we were connected to good people who knew Christ, who wanted to help us. Such a blessing that was for us. 
Well, our hour is coming to a close, and so let's uh, let's close. Will you pray with us? Our Father God in heaven, you are a good God. You are faithful. You are trustworthy. You are our joy and our strength. Lord, you enable us to do what you call us to do, and you have enabled us to be here today to testify to your goodness and your grace in our lives. So, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to share who you are in my life and in my family and how faithful you have been. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to chat with Nida. And, Lord, I do pray that your spirit would go before this message and prepare the hearts of the hearers, that you would be able to speak through them, through my simple testimony, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This has been great, Bev. I've really enjoyed You know, my husband was in the military 35 years, and so I relate with anyone who's been in the military, and so especially with you being a, a military family uh, in the past as well. Thank you for coming to chat with me today. So, again, what a blessing it has been. And thank you, listeners. I've appreciated your tuning into the chat today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat for the Savior is-